For the rest of us who remain right here, let me invite you to open up God's Word with me today to the New Testament book of John, the Gospel of John. We're in John chapter 14 today. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 will be our primary text, our primary focus today. But today is a day of, of celebration. We've gathered to celebrate. It's been much singing, much music already. Uh, smiling faces, reason to come together and to celebrate. Today we celebrate, we celebrate Jesus. We gather for church. We come together to listen and to sing. And no doubt, no doubt, uh, we, we do so from a variety of, of angles. We do so from various perspectives today. You know, some are really excited today. Some are overjoyed, believing that on this day, we remember the most momentous occasion in human history, even a pivotal moment in our very lives. Still others are, are curious, perhaps interested in why Christians do what they do, and so they've come together to seek out more information in order to make an informed decision on what to believe. And maybe still others, certainly uh, across uh, the city and around the world, and even in this place, maybe still others are skeptical here out of a sense of, of obligation. Perhaps even now waiting patiently for the service to finish. And maybe still others are habitual in the habit of doing other things most of the time, but on this particular Sunday in the habit of church. Whatever your angle, whatever perspective you bring to this gathering today, here's my challenge for you. Here's my challenge for all of us. Let's hear the words of Christ. Let's hear the, the words of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're the note-taking ty- uh, type, you can find a sermon outline there in the bulletin. But whatever angle we bring, whatever perspective we bring to this occasion, this gathering on, on this day, Let's hear the words of Jesus. Let's hear what he has to say. My ask of you isn't simply to consider what I have to say, but to hear what Jesus says. Let's hear the words of Jesus Christ. And the main passage that I want us to hear this morning recounts Jesus' words, uh, not actually on Resurrection Day, but uh, on the day before his crucifixion. In other words, three or so days before Easter Sunday. But before reading those words recorded in John 14, I want us first to hear what Jesus says on Resurrection Day, on Resurrection Sunday, and then we'll back up and consider. So here's the context. It's Sunday following Jesus' crucifixion. And some of Jesus' friends, both men and women, have gone to the tomb early that Sunday morning and found it empty. His closest friends, his followers are tucked away. They're gathered, still unsure what's happened. They've heard. They've heard that one of their friends has seen Jesus, but they're wondering what has unfolded. And this is where John speaks. He says in John chapter 20, verse 19, he says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. 
So according to the Bible, according to this guy, John, who writes this portion of the Bible, the gospel of John, Jesus shows up alive on Resurrection Sunday. He appears alive to his hiding friends who are tucked away for fear that those who killed Jesus, their leader, might now come for them. The one they saw crucified, hanging on the cross. One they are certain died before their very eyes, shows up alive among them. And we can only imagine, right? We can only imagine this stunning appearance that shocked Jesus' friends, causing joy, causing celebration, because their leader lives. Jesus lives. That's what the Bible claims about this day. See, they, they weren't prepared for this. These friends and followers of Jesus, they weren't prepared for this. They hadn't understood Jesus' mission, but he knew... Jesus knew, which is why he said what he did just days prior. So let's hear what he said. Let's listen to the words of Jesus. Let's hear the words of of Christ. So if you have a Bible, if you have it open to John 14, words are also on the screen. Let me invite you, as is our practice here. Would you join me standing for the reading of God's word? John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. So knowing what's about to happen, knowing where he's going, knowing that he's Going to the cross, Jesus says to his friends, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Would you pause with me for a brief prayer? No, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the scriptures that recount the story and life and mission and ministry of of Jesus. Lord, lead us now to hear his words and to respond appropriately. Guide us in the way that you would have us go for the glory of your name here. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, let's... let's Be honest this morning. These words of Jesus, well-known words, um, feel a bit offensive. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what he says here. Quite a bold claim. And when Jesus speaks of the Father, he's talking about God. In essence, Jesus says, you're separated from God. You're not at peace with God. You're not right with God. And you can't get there without me. That's his implicit message here. And it's because sin, we sin, and sin separates us from God. 
We sin, and sin separates us, us from God. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus is saying even here. Let's not sugarcoat his words, the words of Christ. He comes saying hard stuff. In fact, this is why folks turned on him. This is why they killed him. In essence, Jesus says, you're separated from God. So if you're looking to feel good about yourself, your accomplishments, your morality, your religious pursuits or practices or endeavors, then Jesus' words offend. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. See, we don't, we don't like being told. I don't know about you. I don't like being told this. We don't like being told we sin and sin separates us from God. But we know, I think all of us know, that something is not right in the world. All is not well in the world. We know this. We live in a world of war. We live in a world of suffering and hardship and sickness and depression, of subway shootings and amber alerts, of cancer and car wrecks. We know the world is broken. And according to the Bible, the world's broken because of human sin. What's sin? Well, sin is breaking God's law. It's breaking His law. It's not living up to His standard. And we've all done it. Like, we're not just talking about convicted felons or corrupt dictators. No, this includes all of us. We're all... Guilty here, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the scriptures teach. Now, I've got kids. I've got three kids. Uh, my youngest is downstairs, and I think we've got a picture of him, perhaps. There he is. That's my youngest. That's, uh, that's my four-year-old, uh, Eli. Uh, he's, a, he's a cutie. I, I love him. Uh, I love him. He's cute, but I'll be honest with you, he's, he's not innocent. Um, you know this if you've got kids, if you've ever been around kids, anybody's kids. But the other day, one of the things that we're, we're struggling with right now is, is teaching our kids to, to eat healthy. I don't know if any other parents go through that battle, but what to eat and what not to eat and, and trying to eat a few things that are actually good for you. And so the other day, it was this week, one morning, um, we were bargaining with each other, Eli and I, about what he could have for breakfast. And so I named some options that I thought were better options than the donuts that he normally wants for breakfast. And so one of those options was a banana. And he said, Daddy, I'll, I'll eat a banana. I think, great, that's good. So I peel him a banana and I sit him down at the table and I go, begin to get ready for, for work that day. And I come back a few minutes later and said, Eli, did you eat your banana? Yes, Dad, I ate my banana. Come see. Wow, thank you, Eli. So I go and I look at the banana on the table. And sure enough, that banana is gone. It's gone down to the peeling. And to get any more, I'd have to peel some more banana. I said, Eli, thank you so much for eating your banana. He says, can I have dessert now? No, you cannot have dessert <laughs> after breakfast. Thank you for eating your banana. Well, a few minutes go by and I go by to throw something away. And you know what's in the trash can? A banana. A banana with a tiny little bite mark at the tip top that looks like a chipmunk took a bite out of it. My son's a liar. <laughs> I, we laugh about, and rightly so, we laugh about such childhood shenanigans, but such behavior isn't innocent. It reveals a proud and perverse heart condition 
that only manifests itself in other wrongs as we age. We get better, perhaps, at hiding it from others, but there's nothing hidden from God. We sin, and sin separates us from God. I think we all long for something better. We long for something more, a place where folks always pursue what's right, a place where we pursue what's right. We long for peace with God and with each other. We long for a heaven where all is well and whole and restored. And that longing, friends, is from the Lord. It's from Him. It's from our Maker. And just about every religion recognizes that the way to God is blocked and everyone looks somewhere to overcome the blockade. We sin and sin separates us from God. Most folks feel the need to do something to get right with God. But Jesus comes teaching that our predicament is much greater, it's much deeper than we knew. There's nothing we can do. Simply receive what what he's already done. See, on Resurrection Day, on Easter Sunday, Jesus appears to his disciples saying, Peace be with you. Peace be with you. For he has come, Jesus has come, to remove sin and to reconcile sinners to God. This is good news. Jesus brings peace. As the God-man, Jesus came to reconcile God and man. As the God-man, Jesus came to reconcile God and Man, you see, a careful and honest reading of John's gospel reveals that Jesus is both God and man. John begins his gospel saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he also reminds us that upon the death of his friend Lazarus, Jesus wept. Right? Jesus comes experiencing hurt and hardship, pain and suffering, even death, just like any other man. But he also comes doing things that only God can do and saying things like, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. He tells his friends here, verse 2, he says, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Jesus says, I'm about to go to the Father's house. I'm about to go to God's house. I'm going to heaven, and I'm going there to prepare a place for you that you might be with me and that you might be with me soon. See, we sin, and sin separates us from God, but Jesus is the bridge between a sinful humanity and a holy God. The Bible says he's the mediator. Paul would say it like this. He would say, for there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. As fully God and, and fully man, Jesus alone can bridge the chasm that separates sinners from God. And as the God-man, Jesus came to reconcile God and man, and he did so, he came doing so by way of the cross. The Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The righteous for the unrighteous. The worthy for the unworthy. The innocent for the guilty in order to pay our sin debt by receiving the judgment of God so as to reconcile sinners to God by His grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, Jesus is God's gracious plan to pardon sinners. He is the plan. 
Jesus the Christ is God's gracious plan to pardon sinners. He is the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. In essence, Jesus says, I'm about to go to the Father. I'm going to leave you for a little while, but I'm going with you on my mind. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back for you so that you can be with me. He says, you know the way to the place where I'm going. Confused, one of his disciples, Thomas, responds, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Reading between the lines a bit, Jesus says, I just told you, I'm going to the Father's house, and yes, you know the way. You know the way because you know me. You want a map to follow, a checklist to tick, a list of steps to accomplish or rules to follow, but you just need me. I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus says, trust me and I'll get you where I'm, I'm going. I'll get you there. I am the solution to the separation caused by your sin. I am the way. Well, friends, hear the words of Christ this morning. Hear the words of Jesus the Christ. Good news for a sinful people because the words of restoration. These are words of, of healing, what was broken, a message of, of mercy, a story of God's grace given to everyone who turns to the one who is the way. Have you turned to Jesus, the way? Have you heard and responded to the words of the Son of God and Savior of the world? Have you turned to Jesus, the Christ? Friends, we can stop trying to achieve the good life. You can cease running after other things. We can cease aiming to store up enough good deeds to outweigh our bad ones. We can quit searching for the right path and simply trust in the person and provision of Jesus the Christ. He is the way. Jesus is the way to the Father, and He's exactly what we need. What you need and what I need. Whatever man, woman, Boy or girl needs. He is what we need. This is good news. On this day, we celebrate really good news. God has accomplished this on our behalf. This is the inclusivity of the gospel. We're invited. We're invited to know and to enjoy God forever through faith in the one who is the way, the one who took our guilt, conquered sin, and defeated death. There is a way. Despite our failures... Despite our shortcomings, despite our guilt, there is a way in Jesus to a home in heaven with the Lord. In Jesus, there is a way to the Father. He says, if you know me, you know the way. Put your faith in me. Trust me and I'll get you there. Jesus is the way to the Father and Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the only way to the Father. One of the things that our family has been doing quite a bit the last several weeks is spending long hours on Saturdays and many evenings at the ballpark, at Herdmont Park. Anybody else been at the ballpark? Many of you have because we, we see you there. It's that 
time of, of year. And if you know anything at Herd Mile, you know there are multiple ways to get where you're going depending on where you're, you're going. And so depending on what the parking lot looks like on the particular occasion that we show up and where we can park determines which path we're going to take to those back baseball fields that are almost in Jefferson County. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a long hike, especially with little ones, little boys. But there are multiple ways to take, multiple paths to the same destination. And the good thing about that park, even so, even though the fields are in the back, whichever path you take, eventually you can lead, will end up at your your destination. Multiple bridges to get to the game. But friends, not so when it comes to our position before God. There is only one bridge to get to to God. Jesus is the only way, the only path to the Father. This is what he said. This is what Jesus said. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. There's no other path. This most certainly isn't the mantra. We know this. I know this. This is not the mantra of our postmodern day. Right? We, we live in a day and a time that rejects absolutes. An era in which moral, ethical, and religious truths are considered malleable products of one's time and place. But Jesus condemns such thinking, saying, I am the truth. In other words, here's the deal. You you can believe there are multiple paths to heaven, but if you do, just know that you are rejecting Jesus. And according to the Scriptures, according to John, according to the Bible, if you reject Jesus, you reject God's plan to save you. For without this one, for without the Christ, we remain spiritually dead, ready to receive the due penalty of our sins, but, but through Jesus... In Jesus, by faith in Jesus, God grants us forgiveness of sins and eternal life. Yes, eternal life with him in the Father's house. Here's the point. Those who trust Jesus will enjoy eternity with God. Those who trust Jesus will enjoy eternity with God. That's what Jesus is saying here. That's what Jesus is saying when he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in Me. Hear the words of Christ when he says, believe in me. Believe in me. Friend, do, do you believe? Do you, John says later in this gospel, he says, I couldn't have written down everything Jesus said and did, even if I'd wanted to. I couldn't record all of it. John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written. In other words, I've written what I have that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. The Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in His name. Friend, do you believe? Once again, John's message is quite clear. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Friend, do you believe? Do you believe the words of Christ? Do you believe Jesus when he says that he's the way to the Father? Where's your faith? To what or to whom are you looking for peace with God and entrance into heaven? 
According to the Bible, those who trust Jesus will enjoy eternity with God. I want to be honest. I want to be clear this this morning. That doesn't mean that you put your faith in Christ and everything is good. It doesn't mean that life is easy and free from sickness and sorrow and suffering. It doesn't mean the perfect life. It means peace with God here and now and the hope of the perfect eternity with the Lord upon the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Illustrated like this, I went to the doctor the other day uh, because I woke up and I really wasn't feeling well. I had had flu several days prior and thought I was over it and all of a sudden I woke up one morning and I really did not feel well. I thought, you know what, I better go get this checked out. And so I show up and they run a couple tests. Flu's negative, COVID's uh, negative, and uh, doctor's talking with me. I don't, list, I don't list kind of figure out what's going on here. I'm thinking, well, let's, let's figure something out because uh, it's Easter week. I'm a pastor. I would like to be there, if possible, uh, on Easter Sunday. And so the doctor said, well, you know what? Here's something we can do. Uh, we can give you uh, a steroid shot if you want. And I said, yes, please. Uh, and so after uh, a momentary sting and having to show my backside, I was feeling much better. All was well, right? Symptoms didn't immediately go away. Still didn't feel great for a little while, but over time began to feel better and better. And likewise, faith in Jesus turning to Christ isn't instant elimination of sin symptoms. You see, I still sin. If you know Christ, even if your faith is in Christ, you're still a a sinner. But here's the difference. My sins don't define me. Jesus does. He does, for he took my sins and he gave me his righteousness, his right standing with God in place. So that when God sees me, he sees someone that's covered by his grace through the bloodshed of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely, made right, declared right, exonerated of their guilt, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Our lives purchased by his. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. See, the gift of Jesus Christ is a gift to be received, and the way in which we receive it is by faith in Christ. So hear the words of Christ, friends, and trust in Jesus Christ. Trust in Christ. Trust in this Jesus Christ. That's what Easter's about. That's what this book is about. At the end of the day, it really boils down to this. Am I going to believe what Jesus said? Am I going to believe the words of Christ or not? Well, friends, we've heard his words this morning. Will we believe? Won't you trust in Christ to be your Savior and your Lord? Won't you put your faith in him? Won't you trust the one who went to the cross for you? Won't you receive the one who is, in his own words, the way to the Father? For this one lives today. He's alive The tomb is empty. He's alive. He's even now sitting on heaven's throne. And one day, according to Christ himself, he will come again. He's coming again. He's coming. That's what he said. And when he comes, he's taking all who trust in him to spend eternity with him. 
This is good news. But those who don't, those who don't believe, those who don't put their faith in Christ will spend forever separated by their sins from the presence of God. So friend, where will you spend eternity? Those who trust Jesus will spend eternity with God. That's where I'm going to be. What about you? Do you believe? Will Jesus Christ be coming back for you? Will you pray with me? Oh, Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus recorded by John for us to hear today. Father, we thank you for a message from a Savior, a King, a Son of God, who came on a rescue mission, a rescue operation to lay down his life and take our guilt and the punishment for it and to defeat sin and the grave so that, Lord, we could be forgiven of our sins, declared innocent in your eyes, and experience your presence and provision for all of eternity. Father, we thank you for the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Lord, lead us, lead us to put our hope in you. Oh God, lead us to trust you. Guide us in the way that you would have us go for the glory of your name. We want to praise you. So, Lord, where we are misguided, correct us. Father, lead us to you. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.